Before today's episode kicks off, we wanted to announce the Hot Young Book Club. Woot! We are always wanting to learn and grow, so we are going to launch some bonus episodes as we discuss our first book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And since we're busy too, we are going to be breaking it down into bite-sized chunks to read and discuss. And we would love it, love it, love it if you all would join us. Our first meeting will be August 7th and we will link the book in the show notes. Can't wait to have you guys with us. On today's show, we're talking about how to set boundaries in your business. Sean is a big fan of using tools and handouts with clients as a preemptive strike. And Rebecca loves using automated techniques. We're breaking down how to keep your sanity, avoid resentment, and protect your time. Because no one needs to be answering client texts at 9 o'clock at night. Let's go! Hi, I'm Rebecca of Studio Plum. And I'm Sean of Renstead Interiors. We're interior designers. Turned internet friends. Turned real life friends. Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. We're not that hot. Or that young. Every week, we'll be spilling the tea on how a new generation of interior designers can run their businesses. Welcome Welcome to to the the club. club. Hey, Sean. What's up, Rebecca? It's good to be back. Took about a little breaky break. It's, um, for, for everybody listening... We have so much going on in our lives and in our homes. Rebecca's going to have to be a school teacher soon. Mm -hmm. I'm like part-time caregiver for my dad. So it's just, you need time to figure stuff out. Well, I think it dovetails nicely in today's um, topic of setting boundaries. So I just know that this podcast is important to us, but it's not the most important thing. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, we love you. We love all of you, all, you know, th- thousands of you now, which is like, what? I know. <laughs> but don't think about that part. It's just you. And I you. know, I know. It's just us here, just us chickens. We're not going to stress about that, but we're going to make it up to you with some bonus things coming in. And, and like being a, an adult with summer coming to a close soon doesn't mean as much as when you're a kid in school that because is, life though, just continues. I know. And it's been like nice to, that's one of the things I really, that's one of the things I like about having a kid. It's, it reminds you of what's going on, like kind of grounds you in the seasons again, which yeah. I lost for a long time. And her excitement for it's summertime and we should do cool stuff and take a breather, go on vacation. And yeah. Oh my God. Are we going to like today? She asked, are we going to have to face Santa this year? (laughs) She's already like moving into Santa land, but yeah, she's like realizing like there's not the milestones of a child's year. (laughs) Oh yeah. Summer, Halloween, Christmas (laughs) summer in her case birthday halloween christmas Uh uh-huh anyway yeah but covid a covid summer is not like a real summer but yeah it's gotta like 
get back to real life, back to COVID somewhat Christmas. of a schedule. I don't know. COVID Christmas is going to be womp womp. It's not going to be great. We're going to make it great, but it's not going to be what we thought it would be where we can have like a big raging party with all of our friends and family. I know. I hope it snows. <laughs> In Sacramento? <laughs> Do you, does that happen often there? Or... No, never. Oh, like, yeah, never. Uh, LA like randomly will get it, but we don't, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm coastal. You're, well, I don't know. How far are you from the coast? How far is Sacramento from the coast? Mm. 150 miles i'm probably wrong i mean that sounds like a lot but (laughs) coastal snow coastal snow is not what uh my area of southern california is really known for so we might get some frost but really doubtful Um, most of california is not known for snow right so if we could yeah if i will just settle for some like harry and david goodies showing up at my door that that'll make Mm. me happy anyway (laughs) <laughs> today's really we've really broken we've broken down the boundaries between the rest of the year here but the whole point of today's episode is to talk about setting boundaries and creating zones in our lives in our businesses in an attempt to keep things under control to maintain our sanity and why it's important and where we're good at it and where we're not um and where we're trying to improve i think is really on my mind lately yeah i because we're all having to approach our time and our safety and everything different it makes sense to reassess where our practices are lining up or not because we don't have all of the pressures of um the like old everyday world to force us to stay within certain time periods anymore throughout our daily businesses well yeah the whole concept of an integrated life is really um Alone. really happening well like everything is just together and in some people's families like they're doing like it's like the one room schoolhouse like little ho- well it's like more like little house on the prairie where everyone's doing everything in their one house oh my god it's true even baking cool the bread. Though. Yeah. <laughs> and gardening where everyone's got a Corona garden and stuff. So um, this, this that homestead life is yeah. on track. Yeah. So we're, we're hoping that we can share with you some things that have worked for us, haven't worked for us, um, where we'd like to do better, talk about our practices, and then um, also love to hear from all of you about what works in your businesses first let's start with a little fizz and sizz okay i'm with it you want to hit me with yours first okay so my fizzle of the week i don't know if it's like completely a fizzle because it's just is what it is but school in our case has been officially canceled no in-person school is officially canceled we had a parent meeting and uh, on Zoom and I'm just, I had like this whole tirade on Instagram if you follow me there, yep. but it's just struggle. Like there's just no good solution. And I know in some places it's really extra frustrating because you're 
cases are down, but here they're up. So like, I understand mm -hmm. um, the decision, but it's still just like, how are we supposed to do all of this? Again, with the boundaries, like there's just not any. So I've been just really like going into the acceptance phase and trying to figure out what will work for our family and how to keep the bar in an appropriate place. Like I definitely am not trying to set the education bar high. First of all, my kid's only going to be in kindergarten, so yeah, she'll be fine. But also I don't want to set it so low that she's like, I don't want to do school today. And then she doesn't. And it's like this setting this pattern of we can't, we don't do hard things because we don't want to. <laughs> Right. Like it's, it's not negotiable, but we are going to have some flexibility. Like it yeah. still has to be done. It's just, we can approach how we accomplish everything in an effective yeah. way. That makes And it's not going to be you. six hours of school. It's going to be one or two. <laughs> so. Okay. But like, that's gotta be real with like, okay. In a real life working environment, nobody is productive from eight to five all the way through. It doesn't exist. A real workday is nothing like that. There is a lot of wasted time in between. School has all of that stuff built in for play and imagination and exploration and freedom of thought. And Social. I feel like, especially not, kindergarten. Like, yeah. And I'm not the mom who's gonna like have a spreadsheet and it's time for recess. Like we're just... I mean, I'm not that mom and she's not that kid, so. She's um, not going to fall for it at home either. Like at school, she's going to go along with what they do. But at, in the house, right. I I already get that energy from Cecily. She is not playing that. Like she She'll do it knows once, she doesn't have to. She is not doing it for a year or whatever. Yeah. It's going to actually be. So, um, yeah. That, and that also, I kind of just like woke up to the fact that our school starts August 12th, so it's like three weeks. So you have three weeks to get your credentials and get it together. <laughs> oh my God. I have and some... create a little schoolroom space for her. Or find another solution. I don't know what that's going to be. I'm working on. Okay. It's definitely fizzle worthy though. That my sizzle is I feel really like cranked into work right now like work is really picking up steam there's a lot of potential clients out there like people are just ready to get their houses fixed up so mm -hmm. it's been fun and I've also been just really like trying to get more organized as we're going into the school year um I'm always trying to get more organized, but I finally ordered my business cards. Like I'm just like checking off these annoying things that just have not. Oh, been like with your new done. branding. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. when's the next time I'm going to hand out a business card? I don't know, but it's happened a couple of times where I'm like, shit, I just need to have them. Yes, totally. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think my sizzle then is just the new normal is picking up steam. Okay. I'm with that. And I'm seeing some of that same pattern here in the Los Angeles area too. 
even in just my own business, but in connecting back and forth with other designers, they're seeing a similar uptick in the activity and the interest. Mm-hmm. Um, How about y'all? From for my my fizzle is it's it's complex. Um, I know not everyone would feel the same way I do about this, but for those of you who've been listening for a couple of weeks now, you know that my dad at the end of May um, came and moved into my house because he needed to address some ongoing health conditions. Um, and he's been recovering here, seeing doctors, getting all kind of patched up. And the fizzle is actually that I kind of don't want him to go, but I also understand that he needs to at some point, but he's not far out from being able to go back to his house in Arizona. And he really wants to go. He's so much happier there, but it's hard for my brother and I, because we live, he and I, my brother and I live like a mile apart from each other. And we would love it if my dad were back here full time and around my nephew. So his grandson, and, but you can't, I, I'm slowly, it's taken me, you know, the better course of eight weeks to get to the point where I realized, like, I can't tell him what to do. Like, he's going to do what he wants. If his doctors say he's ready for it and he can, I have to let him do that. I don't want him to, I don't want him to pick something that makes his kids happy, but it makes him unhappy because, like, that is not the purpose of life is to only, like, we are grown adults He raised us. He should not have to define his life by what makes his kids happiest. And we are obviously will still, still care about him, still check with him, plan more visits out to him, but it would be so much easier if he would stay here in Southern California instead of going back to Arizona, especially in the times of COVID. Um, It's much easier for us. You think about it, like the good side of it is though, he was there, you know, a couple months ago in really poor health and you just didn't yes. know. And yes. now he's going to go back and he's fixed up. Like he's put together pretty good and has like, yeah. you, everyone has more knowledge at least. And hopefully yeah, now we can will be better. Yeah. Now we have questions to ask. We have stuff to follow up with. He'll have, um, he still wants to keep his physician team and his specialists here, which mm-hmm. is kind of good because it has some incentive and a little bit of peer pressure from the doctors to continue to check in back here more often. Um, whereas before, like he, it, we were lucky if he came for like the big holidays or my, ne- my nephew's birthday and stuff like that. So that made it like a little more ambiguous of when he was going to be visiting and now there's some going to be some stuff on the horizon that he can't necessarily avoid as easy so and hopefully he just feels better and that like helps all of that totally totally and then going back to being in your own environment in the place that you love is obviously a big morale booster so it's a fizzle that he still would like to go back there but i totally understand why um my my sizzle is my office has been bugging the crap out of me for, I mean, honestly, if we're being real, years. Like since we moved into the Sir Hacienda, it's bugged me. It's the third bedroom, the spare space. I've got this weird storage situation and it's 
I think via Corona and having to be working here so much more instead of on sites doing things or handling some stuff in a lot more showroom spaces, um, it's really like hit critical mass. And this week I, I went through a whole bunch of old documentation that I didn't need to keep anymore and shredded what I didn't need. I filed the things appropriately that needed to be. Um, I cleared out a ton of stuff where it was like mixed, like is this household file or is this my office? And there's now this starting to get this much clearer division of how much storage is needed for me plus growth capacity. Am I get, what am I going to need? I'm starting to narrow in on that and it pains me to say, but I did start getting rid of things from my styling closet to make more room. And it's sad to say goodbye to those things, but I felt a sense of relief when I started seeing more space. So it, it's a sizzle because I appreciated it when it was gone and stuff was open. And now I feel like I'm starting to create capacity to grow into. And that it makes me feel much less limited. Mm-hmm. If that makes and, sense. And like, it's not hanging over you like as a to do that. Like, oh God, yeah. Clutter and stuff is so like, an, it's such an energy suck. Like, I feel yep. like it's like always in the background, like quietly, like, this is. Whenever you walk annoying. in, mm-hmm. here's that pile. Like, There's that donate box. There's that stuff I haven't touched. Yeah, and unfortunately, it's like a goldfish bowl. So, like, however big it is, is the size the shit grows to. So, yeah, I'm in a bigger office because I went into our dining room or living room, and I just have a lot more stuff. And I think that's and that's what I'm learning is the more stuff that I can see the more anxiety it's giving me and pressure mm-hmm. so it felt good to alleviate some of that this week and get get it started because I've been waiting to rip off the band-aid for a little too long and I'm trying to like maintain that momentum in the in the weeks ahead and the months ahead to just keep my eye on the horizon I will not obviously be going to shared workspaces or anything like that anytime soon. So I've got to make the most out of my office. Well, congrats. That's huge. (laughs) Thanks. See where I am in a few more weeks, right? Tearing down walls. I mean, I'm not saying no to that. (laughs) Sean might be saying no to that, but it's not up to him all all the time. Um, yeah, he's probably going to say, um, when is it up to me? What happens in the house? Yeah. He gets a sparing veto power and this won't be the thing because it's my office for my business. So it's, he's not going to get a whole lot of veto power with that. Should we get into the nitty gritty of everybody's boundary issues? Let's do it. Where do you want to start? Well, um, I think I'm going to start with why we talk, started ta- wanting to talk about this. Um, 
we were having a Marco Polo convo with our little design pod and um, I think one of the other designers was talking about just having an issue saying no to a client that she didn't want to work with or the budget was too small or something oh, and yeah. her and I her and I were talking about just like how it's just hard for us to say no to certain things and you came mm-hmm. on like all snappy like first of all like who are you talking about (laughs) and you just like schooled us (laughs) I've always said this that you have like really strong boundaries and I theorize on everything but I think it's interesting and one of the things I like why I like talking to you about work is you have that male energy that it's cultural and it's not like universal and I'm not trying to like make sexist judgments about everybody but culturally men are I don't know it's acceptable for you guys to set boundaries to your time your energy you don't feel the need to be nice and right been thinking like a lot being about a the people difference. pleaser isn't the priority yeah, for a lot of men. And the difference between being nice and kind is different. So like, yeah, being nice means to kind of like suck it up and be quiet and being kind means doing the right thing for everybody. Right. So yeah, you're always just like really good about like shutting shit down or just like stating your boundaries from the beginning. Like there's yeah. a lot of situations you don't even get into because you've been clear. It's like the preemptive strike of, God, it's so awkward to have to deal with these weird conversations with clients. Wouldn't it be nice if I had already headed this off at the pass and didn't have to deal with it and avoided the problem to begin with? Um, I do think a lot of it does come from even just back to upbringing. Like if, young women and young girls are taught that don't be rude, be nice, be kind, go out of your way for people. But then it starts to bleed smile, over. Like that yeah, smile like more, sweetie. Smile. Like it's oh that, that is part of the energy of, it, oh, now you're in a service industry. Now you're in a service industry. So just like bring all that baggage with you to being in a service industry where it's like, well, yeah, just because you're providing a service doesn't mean it's unlimited. It doesn't mean it's the whole bag comes with it every time. And, you know, we're not trying to be people's mothers. And I don't owe you anything like people, like random people that I haven't signed on to this with. Like, oh yeah. Like the whole smile thing just like kills me. Like, sir, it's always some like older man. Sir, I don't owe you a smile. Like, I don't even know you. Like, what do you even think? Why do you even think you can tell me that? Yeah, what have you done to earn this? Like, (laughs) or like when I was younger, it was like, smile, you're prettier when you smile. Oh my God, do not even. How do you know being pretty is my goal? Like, (laughs) exactly. How do you know what it's even going on in my head right now? And anyway. And And that does bleed over to our businesses. It does. And being likable and like, as much as I think I don't care what people think, I'm, um, I definitely have a 
quest or a drive to be liked. And that also is just like why I think my even kickoff with clients is unclear with boundaries. That makes a lot of sense right now. And we don't have to go into like personality types, but I do not care if people don't like me. <laughs> I really don't. And part of that is just, I, we don't have to go into all the stuff. Like this isn't us digging out all of our baggage, but for a lot of my life, I lived in the closet as a not, I'm not even gonna say as a straight man, cause I wasn't, it was, I was just a not announced gay man. And then at some point I just hit a trigger where I'm like, nope, don't, I don't give a shit about anybody else. I can't do that anymore. I can't live in that. I have to be myself. And there is something really liberating to cast off all those ways that people want us to be. And I think that that can apply to our businesses of like, cast off how people think you should run your business or how it should be or who you should be running it. And like, do you think like that, like, are you saying that you've built up like a thicker skin? Cause you're just assuming that there's a percentage of people that aren't going to like your lifestyle or. Oh, there's tons of people who don't. And, I mean, but even that feeds into my life as a designer of, right. I'm not a designer for everyone. I'm a, I'm a designer for a select group of people who either like my aesthetic or would like to work with me appreciate what I do. Like it, I'm not trying to appeal to the Aren't homophobic. It, yeah. I need you to be cool. I need you to be not homophobic. I obviously I, I try to vet out who I'm going to work with, but I want to work with cool people with imagination who just fit what I'm trying to do. And so it's not about trying to make, I'm not trying to be everybody's designer, the, the largest common denominator. I'm actually right. seeking the lowest denominator or how do I say it? The greatest concentration of the clientele I want to work with is a smaller group. I'm not, I'm not going to sell I, myself to everyone and they all don't have to like me. And I feel that too. Like that's definitely like, I know I'm not for everyone, my style and my personality. Like I'm mm -hmm. not the like super posh put together, like real estate agent style designer like that, <laughs> that makes sense like that's a whole like professional thing that I admire I'm just not that like yesterday yes. I was going to a consultation and like can I get away with tennis shoes right now like sometimes I'll do it I don't even ask that I wore my converse and a t-shirt and a for hat for a new client like, yeah this is what but, it oh is. your cute hat not like a ball cap no, no, but like, that's, I don't know, I don't hat. want, yeah, but, and then, you know, like, half the time, I come in, and clients are wearing, like, leggings, and oh, stuff like that, so it's like, I don't know, right. that's just I mean, not, I definitely, that's not who yeah. you are, you don't want to, like, you're not coming in in a suit no. for this meeting, and, and that's just, gonna like, be times where I'm going to show up lasers. in leggings, like, yeah. Um, yeah, so like, I definitely want clients that get my style and my, um, my personality and my sense of humor. Like I'm not 
a serious person. Um, but I don't know, there's still like, once I'm in with somebody, like I do want to be likable. Yeah. I'm thinking like, I've never felt you to be not likable. Uh, I, in, in, in my perception, I've never seen that in you. And that doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but um, I'm reflecting on, I can be very direct and to the point. And um, I think my, my point with all of this was to share more of if you really set out to understand and be confident in who you are and what you're offering and what you can do, that already sets up these boundaries of one of the boundaries is who are my clientele and who do I want to work with? And if people who are coming to you don't fit that picture, don't try to push them into your clientele just because you want to get paid, which is a really luxurious position to come from where you know, you may take on a project with someone that you know you shouldn't work with. And it, I mean, nine times out of 10, they turn out to be a mess or problematic because they were never your clientele, your ideal clientele to begin with. So that's like boundary one to me. I, yes. And to add on that, if you don't feel like you can do that successfully in certain ways, then I think we're going to talk more about ways you can kind of trick your system to put boundaries in place for you and whether it's automation or your welcome kit or whatever, put those things in place. So you don't have to be, if it makes you uncomfortable, like Sean will tell people like it is like not, you're never rude, but like you let the people know upfront, like what to expect and yes. you can state it clearly with your mouth <laughs> in person and not feel uncomfortable where yeah. some of us might need to make a cute PDF document and send it in clients or put it in the contracts, like yeah. things that are if more it feels passive. Easier, but- yeah. If it feels easier to put it in something tangible, like a handout or an email or a document, something like that if that makes it easier for you to set it, you should do start there until you're able to like talk the talk in, in the meeting. It's at least you've put it out there of like, well, if you refer back to, you know, this guide that I sent you, just remember. Um, and I don't want to use like policies or procedures, so to speak, as a way to like, put a wall in front of clients it's it's meant to just say like this is where we're starting from let's start from this level where we have this common understanding and then let's go from that it's just being clear i i think i really struggle mostly with boundaries because of my type seven tendency of i don't like any kind of restriction or um I don't like boundaries. I I mean, I... <laughs> you personally point, don't. Me personally. Like, I don't like closing... I'm, like, so annoying to live with. I don't like closing doors because I might need to open it again. Like, if I'm cooking, like... Hey, I'm, I'm in like, that cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Like, Terry goes around and closes 
no. he closes stuff up behind me. I'm like, God dang it. I'm so annoyed. So now we have open shelves. <laughs> oh no. You, yeah, you and I couldn't cook in the same place. Cause I'm yeah. definitely like, I, I got everything out of this, close it up. Okay. If I come back later, fine, whatever. Yeah, I don't like closure and I don't like limitations. Like I like there to be like a, ellipses on everything that I do. So totally. it's, um, it's hard. It's hard for me to be clear and put that in place. But I need to. There's definitely places I need to do it. I think the biggest piece that helped me get my stuff together the fastest was my welcome kit that I, yeah, it took me, a, it took me time to create it and really formulate it all together. But I send this after a discovery call. So if someone puts in an inquiry for a discovery call, or if they just skip the discovery call, they know they want to work with me and we go right to scheduling an, a consult, then this is part of the, it gets sent to you before that appointment. Um, and for a consultation. Right. And everyone's can be a, a little bit different. If you're thinking of how, what goes in this is, um, mine has a welcome letter, which is reminiscent of the sort of about me section on my website, but it also talks about kind of this letter to the homeowner from me and, you know, what I want to help them with, how I help, what, you know, what to expect generally. And then I go even further into a little bit of the company background is in it and why it's named Renstead Interiors after my family. So it's a little bit of a warm and fuzzy because I wanted this to be a really visual and storytelling tool for clients and not just like, here are all the rules for working with me. Right. So it has portfolio images printed in it. It has copy. Um, I think I used a creative market template mm -hmm. to build mine. But the, Canva has templates like this too. I mean, you don't have to reinvent the wheel for stuff like this. As long as it's cohesive to your branding and your marketing, I think it can be beautiful. And I know you use can use InDesign, but um, just for mm -hmm. any listeners that aren't like savvy in the graphics software, um, I know, so Creative Market is a website that you can download just user-generated files and there's all kinds and I know there are Canva templates too so you can search by um, format yeah. depending on what your software is you could I think there's probably keynote yeah PowerPoint I would, yeah yeah and just there's probably even word mine, doc ones yeah and mine is in a booklet format so I don't I rarely have it printed for anybody because I'm almost always sending it digitally but it you know, you just go through it as a PDF in a booklet format. It gives a brief overview of types of services that I offer. And I think where most of the value comes in for boundaries is it takes them through a page that talks about the design process and the major steps of the process. And I think that's the first step to boundaries is a lot of questions come up from clients about where does this fit in? When does this happen? Who does this? So it's everything from a consult to a proposal to information gathering to schematics to design development, presentations, construction, procurement, installation. Like 
it take has just brief details about each of those major steps of the process. And what I found is that that reduces a lot of questions about, well, what is, what are all the steps and how do we get to them? And it, it's helpful to refer clients back to that to say, remember, this is where we are now. We still have these other things ahead of us. Hold hold those questions or hold those things until we get to that phase or till we're in that step because I don't need to be overwhelmed with questions and emails and phone calls about things that aren't even relevant yet. If that makes sense. You're on a need to know basis or they're on a need to know basis. Yeah. Like don't start asking me about, you know, Oh, when do I see my 3d rendering? It's like, well, we don't even have a design concept built for your plan yet. So when we get, you mean you don't just turn on your computer (laughs) and push the render button? No, it's like property brothers. Like it's going to take a minute to get to those phases. And I, I want them to know, yes, it will happen, but this is how we get to all, these are the steps we do to do all that. And I know we've talked about this a little bit, but in another episode, but do you, is this where you have your little video, like your more COVID mask? That gets gets sent with this for the consult. Like a link. Which is like, yeah, in a link, I have a Zoom cloud link that um, I recorded a, like basically, hey, client, happy to see you. It's going to be great. You do Is have to customized? wear a mask. Uh, not anymore. Now, because yeah. I've just, at first I started with one where I would record it like, Hey, Joe customer. And then it just became like, no, I can't keep changing it each time. It yeah. needs to be, hi, I'm so excited to work with you. We're going to have a great meeting, but before I get there, I, this is what's happening. Like for your safety and for mine, we're wearing masks in the home, we're going to observe social distancing. Anyone you're going to have in the home has to wear them. Um, And for all the consults I've been on, I really do foresee this being here for a while. And even if you're in a state where it's less impacted, I don't think there's anything wrong with asking clients to observe this or to reduce the number of people that are going to be in the home during a consult. It's just easier to concentrate and if you feel safer and more secure, you're going to be able to focus on your work better. And it's made it so easy. Um, every client's been respectful. No one's questioned it. And I'm not, I'm going to be honest with you. The, a person who would question it is not going to be my clientele. So right. it's kind of like another qualifier of if you're not even going to give me this dignity, then I, I don't want to work with you anyway, because imagine what happens with that first invoice they don't like. I don't know. Right. If if a mask is what bothers you, then we just wait till we get to proposals. Like, <laughs> wait till you get my bill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I like that. I do have in my um, consultation sign up about that I'll be wearing a mask, and I haven't had any issues either, especially since I've started redoing in homes in the last month. I think people are very much accepted of that Mm -hmm. um but i like your video idea i have i mean everybody's responded positively and i think it's just one more interactive piece of it to have a video from me and it's not formal by any means guys it's literally me sitting in my office from a zoom angle it's not perfect lighting it's not perfect audio um and i think the informal quality to it just makes it a little bit easier to connect to because it's not 
a very, it doesn't feel like a professionally produced generic video. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sean Serhoff yeah. from Renston Interiors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to comply with LA Kenny Health Services, blah, blah, and blah, blah. And it's like blah. a little TSA yeah. animation with like, where How to apply your mask. Yeah, Take off no. your shoes. Yeah, it's not like um, that. That's actually something, this is totally like only semi-related. Well, it is, it's client boundaries. Do you, like I've seen this come up in the groups before, like the shoes on, shoes off in clients' homes. I ask at the door. I do too, but I was just thinking that might be kind of a nice ad in um, the booking. Your intake question. Yeah. I mean, do I need to another... wear socks or not? Do I need to get a pedicure? Yeah, I would. I have like my little uh, slip-ons that I wear. Those. Mm-hmm. This is very non sequitur, guys. Uh, they're like those. The they're basically. They're homes. like a little nylon. They're like a oh, a no-show sock yeah. nylon. Mm-hmm. They're really meant for like women's heels, but I don't have any problem wearing those. If there's any like real, I'm, it, it's not like a gender thing. It really is like they work and they're perfect to wear in my little slip on loafer. Like yeah. being barefoot in a loafer is kind of gross guys. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. Side you need note. a boundary for your shoes. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that's like some of those things that I think, I don't know those like, the other way of thinking about boundaries is when we're first meeting a client, those societal boundaries are in place. Yeah. And like, do I take my shoes off in your house? Like how, you know, how are we going to interact? Because down the road, like we've talked about before, like you're in an intimate relationship with these people and a couple months down the line, you could be just walking in their door without knocking. So I don't know. I think it's kind of nice to like slowly reveal, like set the boundaries in the beginning and get what the clients are too. Like they, they should have some as well. Right. Exactly. I try to work with clients as much as I can on availability, but my welcome kit does talk about like through my intake forms, it's like, how do you best communicate? What are your preferred contact methods? So I do try to toss it back to them of like, here's your chance to tell me what works for you. Because some people are happy to respond to emails during their workday. And others would much rather you set a call at the end of their workday to just go through things. that doesn't always mean that I'm going to line up well with how they would prefer to communicate. Nearly everybody would prefer to receive text messages, but uh, I do not text. Like as a general rule, I do not text with clients. I find that it's very distracting. It's hard to keep track of for billing because I bill hourly. Uh, It turns into a barrage of questions and things that you can't effectively discuss in a text message. And I just don't do it unless it's like, hey, I'm stuck in traffic. I'm going to be late 20 minutes for our meeting. Or, you know, just like if I hadn't heard from them to confirm a call or something and we're really getting close to that time, I might send the message 
looking forward to talking to you at one, but generally it's almost everything via email or my scheduling link. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> as you can expect, kind of bad about it. It definitely depends on the client, but um, I know sometimes like certain clients I can tell too don't get to their email very often. So mm-hmm. it's hard when it's like little things of like looking at, I don't know. Like, but doesn't that, yeah, it's that's really what annoying. I'm worried about. It makes me resentful to be like, oh, great. You're sitting on your couch looking at Pinterest at nine o'clock at night, but I'm with my family right now. Like, I, how, yeah, I mean, I've gotten pretty good at like, I'll answer a little bit and then be like, send me a list. I'll look at this tomorrow. But it's I true. never want to feel resentful of clients. And that's why I don't, I just don't text. It's very it's rare. Policy. Um, and I just find I can't accurately bill for the time because I start associating texting with my own free time. And it's like, Design might be my passion, but it's not my life. So I want to have that firm, like Monday through Friday, you know, nine to five, and then weekends by appointment only. And it's not every weekend. Like I really don't want to work every weekend. I left that behind a long time ago, having to work (laughs) weekends. And if I don't want to, I don't want to. I don't answer emails or like do any kind of official work for the weekends. Like I don't want a client knowing I'm working on the weekend, but <laughs> I always work on the weekend. Do you do you delay the send on emails to do that? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I set mine in Gmail to like wait to send until Monday at 8 a.m. Yes, uh, my account my um my email client does that too. Yeah, for sure. Especially if I know they're going to be like hot on it. Like I definitely wait, but. Do you have like a service level, like how long clients can expect to hear from you for, like if they send you something, do you set up when they should anticipate being able to hear back from you? I don't have an official commitment on that. Uh, Like a communicated commitment. Yeah. Yeah. This is my old banker talking because mine, I, I tell them in the welcome kit, like I'll respond to, I will respond to like any form of communication within 48 hours. It's almost always faster than that, especially for projects like contractors or plumbers or whoever, like anybody working on a job or the client goes, I don't know what to do. Like I can assess, oh, this feels more important. Yeah. Or I reply, I say, let's talk about this tomorrow morning. Call me on your way into the office. I don't mind taking that as my first call of the day just to get it out of their mind so they're not stressing about it. But I also don't want to be pushed to feel like they... Part of this is when you're doing a lot of jobs, my experience has been that a lot of clients start to feel like their job is your only job. So I do make sure that I share with them that like I am doing multiple projects, multiple things. The internet is helpful for that in social media that they... I still will post to stories when I'm at other consults or other sites or other meetings or working in AutoCAD. And I think that clients need to be reminded that you, while they are a priority for you, they are not the priority. They are. Well, they may not be your priority priority today. (laughs) Like, 
Yeah. If their contractor is there framing stuff out and I'm not needed, then their question is something that doesn't need to be answered for four weeks. Like, I'm sorry, that's not going to get a same hour reply. That's going to be a tomorrow morning reply. Yeah. Um, And I think that's part of the boundary is this isn't urgent. We have some time. Let's talk about it tomorrow or let's schedule this for our next meeting. Let's put it on the agenda. Um, And it's not to kick the rock. It's just to say like, this is a great question. We should talk about this at our next site meeting. With other things. Yeah. I, I know social media, I really struggle with this because I do so much on my own house. That's like also kind of my job. So I don't know. I always felt this is like the nice, I think girl problem. Um, I feel bad if somebody thinks I should be working on their thing. I always like project what in my head, like what other people think I should be working on. Um, like they see you Instagramming about something else and they're thinking, yeah. where's my floor plan? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could see where people might feel that way. Do you try to give timelines for when you expect a project to be ready, like before a design, like from concept through presentation, do you give them in your proposals timelines of when they should expect to see that from you? Yes. Um, My timelines are just all messed up right now, though. I think it just depends on your workload. mm -hmm. And that's hard to assess, like, how many weeks out are we before I actually have mental space to give to your project? Yeah, that's something that I'm really working on with um, getting my studio manager to come back and help me because I need somebody to, like... It's like, I need some kind of long range Gantt chart type of thing. Cause I don't know where my holes are and it's really hard to, for me to see. You need the high level per- overview person to keep track of that. If you're not, if you know, that's not your strength. For sure. For sure. Um, but that's part of the boundaries is saying I am six to eight weeks out on when I could even get a design concept ready to present to you because I'm dedicating my time to my clients that I've already started working with. And if you can wait with this time, I'd love to work with you. If you can't, here are some other designers I could recommend you to who may be able to turn something around sooner. That's my biggest issue right now. Is who to refer it to, or you just no. gotta know where you're at, or saying, I, yeah, just know where I'm at, knowing where I'm at, so I can confidently say it. I wouldn't yeah. mind saying it. I feel like if I knew, but um, yeah, I mean, just some things like went on pause because clients don't want construction in their home right now, which totally makes sense. And yeah, I just need to get a visual of. And like I have different, all different size projects. So yeah, they're not all the same amount of time and amount of energy. They're all going to use different stuff. I think a wait list makes sense to get yourself. If you know that you do best when you're not having to pay attention to a lot of projects at once on your own, 
is either, like you said, getting the help to help you keep track of it better so that communication can be happening with clients or people wait for when you're, when they have your total, total genius. <laughs> yeah, I would love to do a wait list. I don't think, I mean, I have, I don't know that's that it's, great. I mean, that's as, like a great it's not formalized. It's not formalized with me, but I, during a proposal, tell them, this is how far out we are from a presentation at this point. And this is based on you, like that's based on this week, you signing this agreement for this proposal. Like it, next week will be a whole new story. Like, I don't know what to tell you. So I think that that's, I always, I, I don't know that it's um, like a really dialed in timeline exactly. It's, I always just give myself extra time because I don't want to disappoint someone and have to move their presentation when they've been looking forward to it. So I usually build in like an extra week or two into all of it because anything could come up. Right. We should all, we should all be knowing that by now. Yeah. Whatever will go wrong will. <laughs> <laughs> it's and not if it could go wrong, it, it will go wrong. And you want to already have built in extra time to recover and get something together. Um, so people aren't calling you and expecting it from you. Like, it's good to schedule it out, put it on your calendar. That's the boundary. Don't email me every week when's my design presentation. It's, in, it's either in six weeks or it's in eight weeks or whatever. Like, get it out there far enough in advance so you're not having questions coming in in the meantime. Do you schedule it in advance? I do. Like, so like eight weeks, you'll schedule a presentation? Yep. And then if I'm done early, it's like a surprise. I've had some where I've been ahead and I'll say, you know, like uh, maybe it's like a week before I'll say, you know, I, I got everything done early. Would you like to move up a week? And here are some dates that are available to me in that week. And if it doesn't work for them, we just keep the original date. That's another That's trick good. for boundaries. Don't, don't, Ask people when they're free, tell them when you are available. Which brings us back to our bestie acuity. Oh, yes. Like, it's like a really great way. And still, I don't know, it's kind of passive, but it's also just clear, like, here are my available dates. And you can plug in what you want to be available, how often you want to be available, how busy you want to look. Um, yeah, if you want 50% of your dates to or times to disappear just because you know you need extra time built in and you don't want people to book on top of it, it'll cover that for you. So it looks like you're busy. Yeah, like yesterday was Friday and I booked. I had a 9 a.m., 9 a.m., an 11.30 a.m. with you. I had a 1.30 p.m. in person. And I had to be back for a 4 p.m. Zoom. I didn't have like lunch. Like I, breathe. no, it was terrible. So. got to pop that yeah. lunch hour into your calendar so it blocks out of time. Because people will take whatever you give them access to. That's what I've learned. Well, yeah. Especially if I'm sharing an acuity link, like here's my available availability. And then it looks available. Like they're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. 
they don't know that that's like, oh shit, she won't get a lunch today or she only has 20 <laughs> minutes to get across town or that's where Acuity helps of, it can pad your appointments. So that way you build in some extra commute time on either side or time to run through a drive through if you have to. Yeah, like, I do that. I do that, but I just enough. like work to where it was like, oh no. It like perfectly it, all worked together to where I had like a very busy day. And that would be probably the learning. Uh, the thing with Acuity that's nice also is that you can continue to finesse what works for you of how many days a week do I take discovery phone calls? Right. Or how many max per day will I take? And how many max per week will I take? So if you know that too many discovery calls just gets overwhelming for you, then it's only two a week. Or yeah, those are the adjustments I need to make because like one for a day, a while, like two a I week. wasn't. Yeah, for a while I wasn't just getting that many booked where it became a, was a problem. But now it's like, oh, a lot of people have some questions about their house right now. Yeah. I'm getting a lot, so it's all good. The more that we can protect ourselves and our time, our mental health will be better. We won't be resentful of clients because it's, for many cases, it's not their fault. We're giving them the ability to do these things. So they're, you know, they're taking what you're giving them. Totally. In my case, like, that's why I'm not really complaining because I know it's totally my fault, all of the things that are a problem. Um, and the, like the stuff with my boundary issues, I think what I'm realizing is they don't bother me on an individual basis. Like where I know you'd probably be annoyed with some of this stuff just because <laughs> it's like infringing on you. It doesn't totally bother me to get sidetracked. I kind of like being distracted by something new, but it's not good. Like I, right. my personality kind of enjoys the like, shiny object and my possible ADD. Yeah. And like my day's screwed. And then the end of the day I crash super hard. So it's not good. It's not healthy. It's not productive. So I have to like put some kind of bumpers in place so that I don't screw myself. Yeah. I. I'm the ping pong. Like I think it's super valuable for you. Yeah, I you could easily spend your whole day being bounced around and get nothing done. And enjoy it kind of, but like deplete myself and get nothing done. Yeah. And other people off. <laughs> I mean, I think that's what I do. That's like the philosophy of when I entered into business for myself after having worked in corporate culture for so long was I took away the things I really liked about my corporate culture job, which was a set start, a set end very few if ever calls outside of work hours unless it truly was an emergency and i i really appreciate that it gave me a lot of boundary between my personal and my professional life and i still respond really well to that at home like when I'm work laughing. is over <laughs> i'm laughing because even in my corporate days like i bent the company to my whims of <laughs> I would like flow in at like 10 if I wanted to I'd take a long lunch but I'd work till seven or eight this was before I had a family yeah I'd come in on a weekend like if 
I felt like I needed to catch up or I wanted to. I don't know. I just always like and now it's impossible. Sh- right. I always made sure that I was in a position where I could like have that freedom and flexibility. Um, so <laughs> it's, I don't like boundaries. Yeah. I mean, I know. I, know uh, I, don't do. I dated people at work. Like I was just bad. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It It's different. Depending on the work environment. Yeah. Oh, oh, I had friends at work. I I mean, my most of my friends were my work friends, and they still are. Oh yeah, I quite a few of the people that I met during my banking career are still very close friends. We worked in different departments with each other. We moved to different roles and responsibilities, and then would follow each other to different departments because we really just meshed and worked well together and were part of some of like the highest performing teams because we just cared about one another. I think that's valuable, but I, I think what I took away from it was I felt appreciated, but it was never, um, it was never a question of, Oh, it's time to take vacation days. Like, there was no question. It was like, yeah, your vacation days are your right. And we all want to get our vacation days and you're going to get yours and someone's going to cover for you. And that's how it works. And then in my own business, I don't ask, like I had a client when I went to, God, it seems so long ago. I went to Morocco last spring and um, it was an amazing trip, but I had a client who was coming through an onboarding process before that and at their discovery call, I said, I just want to put this really far out there for you that in six weeks, I'm going to Morocco and I'm going to be gone for two weeks and I will not be responding to anything. Like I will have access to Wi-Fi. I will not be responding to anything. So if we're already there by then, great. If we're not, it will wait until I'm back on this date. And they were like, okay. And it was just closed. It was done. There was no texts, emails, phone calls, emergency, this or that that came. It was nothing. Um, I had another project that was under construction at the time. And it was like, here is your team. Your contractor is your go-to. There is absolutely nothing that's going to come up at this phase of your project that needs to be interrupting this. And I don't know. I mean, I care, but I can't care to the point that I sacrifice my mental health for for someone else. Right. Like, I'm not yeah. married to these people. Like, I don't have no. to see them every day when I wake up and feel like I let them down. But I care about their projects deeply. I just can't let it be sacrificing my own personal happiness for theirs. Yeah. That's not part of my design fee, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) My personal happiness fee is yeah. You can have two percent of my own personal happiness to make up for the ones you're lacking. Like, no, sorry, (laughs) (laughs) no, ma'am. That's not what that's going to happen for me. Hey, Sean. Have you signed up for the Hot Young Designers Club newsletter? Oh, no. Really? Is this you not wanting to clutter your inbox with a lot of excess junk? No, no. Let me do it. Where do I need to go? You need to go to hotyoungdesignersclub.com 
scroll down until you get to the subscribe button. Just pop in your email address and your name. All right, I'm doing it right now. Is this going to be a bunch of spam? It's not. It's actually not going to be anything until we actually get around to sending something. But we have big plans and we want to be able to send surveys to get feedback from our audience. And maybe once in a while, a special surprise or a recap. All right, I'm on it. Thank you. Back to the show. Another cool thing that helps that I don't have to think about is I use Google Voice for my business line and I can set in the Google Voice app the limits on what hours calls ring through. So they don't come to me. I get to them the next morning. If there's a voicemail on there, I can listen to it when it comes in later. Um, Sometimes I cheat. I still listen to some of that, but I don't call (laughs) anybody back. And um, I... I like having that number because clients can also text it and I can text to it also if there is that random text message that has to go through, but I don't have to use it and I can use the do not disturb so they don't come through on the rest of my phone when I'm enjoying my own personal time. And that's also helpful with email notifications from work emails that I just don't read the push notifications um, you know, there will be times where we all check, we all check stuff. I I know we're all cheating on a weekend and looking at an email if it came through and thinking, Ooh, I could get a little bit ahead of this already and pre my pre pre write my response and schedule it to send first thing Monday. Um, that's our prerogative. Yeah. And clients know if they're being realistic, they know you are probably seeing it, but they're hoping to push that boundary of like, ooh, if I can get her to reply now, then I can get her to pick up the phone now or answer a text now. And then it just starts, once you've done it, it it feels like it really wasn't, um, it feels like it was a negotiable boundary that they can decide when you apply the rules to it. Totally. So the Google Voice, you sign up. So you have a different phone number, basically, and it just all filters into your same phone. Correct. Hmm. That's a good idea. And a lot of spam have... calls go to that and not my personal cell phone, which is really nice because then yeah. I don't, I just don't have, I don't have to do that either. All the sales calls for market and stuff. And Google optimization and all this other junk that, house pro or whoever else is trying to sell me something this week mm-hmm. i clearly like have no boundaries <laughs> <laughs> i feel that sometimes from you like you were like do you want to record an episode at nine nine o'clock at night on a saturday i'm like oh girl no like i don't want to see <laughs> I, my philosophy with all of it is like, everything's jumbled, like everything's the same in my brain. So like, I mean, my husband does not appreciate this, but like, I will do some family stuff, then do some work stuff, then have dinner, the kid goes to bed. Well, my husband goes to bed early too when he works, so I kind of have the night (laughs) night is mine it's on your own to do what you need to do 
yeah, a lot of the times that's like my time. So um, I don't know. There's something kind of fun about it to me. <laughs> that's like my home it's, alone time. It's like, yeah, getaway time. Like, ooh, look at me sneaking off to my office. <laughs> and I can tr- take wine with me now. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So like part of me like really holds tight to this idea of wanting to integrate everything because I am one person and the mother, the wife, the business person, the Instagram person, they're all the same. And I like kind of work hard to not compartmentalize them. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I think I yeah. used to do that or felt like I had to. And so this time is me kind of like doing this the way I want to. And all of it is part of me. But all that said, I need to do some more work around it. I need more um, clear boundaries up front, but I first need to make them for myself. Like I, Mm -hmm. like you have like that great welcome kit, but I don't feel strongly about that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Your personal or business philosophy may not be the same as that. Like you might be okay with text messages and I might be, but it's also not sustainable. Like I can't have 10 clients doing that. No, it's not scalable either. Like it's okay when it's a little bit tighter and slower, but uh, if you are the main point of contact for, you know, a dozen projects at a time, that's going to start to freak you out when you unlock your phone and there's 50 messages. It already is. There's a couple types of people. Uh, how many emails are in like on your phone, like notifications right now? 273. Oh my God. We are total opposites on that front. I am a clear it or file it or categorize it or delete it like right away. I don't, I can't, but it doesn't bother you to see all those. Well, something happened they went unread or something i also have five email accounts um but something happened and they went unread and i have to go back and like figure out what they all are but i just changed the benchmark so like my work email has 177 unread but I know now when it's 178, I get a new email. Oh, no. (laughs) Okay, I'll clean it up. No. Um, Okay, that's kind of It does kind of That's going in a Just Stop episode right there. (laughs) It does kind of annoy me. I'm not one of those people that has like 10,000. Have you seen those? It just turns red. Yeah. When I see the screenshots for that, I know. I can't. I can't, y'all. I just, I want to know that. Part of it for me is I treat my email like a checklist of maybe it's not done yet, but I have a file for it and I have a Dropbox for it and everything goes like in it's been handled. and then it's been handled. If it's sitting in my inbox, it means it hasn't been handled yet. And I, it's gotta be done. I gotta, I'm one of those, like by Friday, I need to have cleared my inbox. And that's, that's also another holdover from my corporate banking life. It's like, is there anything left this week that I haven't addressed and I'm going to leave someone hanging all weekend? 
without knowing if I actually read their message or if I followed up on it. And it's okay to send a, hey, I did read this, but I need some more time to work on it. Expect to hear from me next week. And that's totally cool. And I think people respond really well to, hey, I've read this. I'm going to reply later today when I have some more time to think about your questions. Like, people people eat that shit up. They're like, oh yeah, they're looking at it. They're paying attention to me. And I think most people have an appreciation for, oh yeah, my life is like that too. Like I... I read it, but I just, I didn't have time to reply yet. That's cool. But clients love to know that you're paying attention. It's true. And they tend to give you more space when they know you already saw it versus like, did I just send that email into the atmosphere and then they didn't, they never got it. Right. And it's not on their radar. Right. Precisely. It's true. All right. I'll clean up my inbox. <laughs> don't go changing who you are you know overnight that's not really I know you're, who a, I am. you're yeah, a rebel but yeah I'm not usually that bad like something did tweak that it's annoying me too it's time um, to update those settings but yeah something. like my husband is like you but he actually deletes his sent emails too oh. and the trash I keep a lot of sent emails because I need to refer back to them and I categorize them by the client so that way I can follow up on it if it's like oh no we did talk about that here's the email date (laughs) that's a banking that's a banking culture thing of like CYA y'all cover your ass you need a file where you have all that stuff that's still out there that like nope we for sure talked about that here's when we did it Right. Um, okay. Well, I've got some work to do. I know that. Bit. It's okay to know where you're coming from. As long as there's some t- things that you can do to help get you to feel like you have more control over what's happening and that you also have some limitations that don't make you feel pressured because you are constantly expected to be available and ready like you'll know, okay, I'm just, no one's expecting me to reply to this right now, or no one's expecting me to be online right now at this time of the night. Um, There's something relieving about that. Definitely. And more professional. (laughs) Totally. Totally. That's, that's a normal thing in our industry. No one, not everything is 24 seven. So. Okay, so in summary, we really support getting in front of, I mean, I think writing down like client expectations, putting them in your contract, making a welcome kit is a great idea. Um, use, sort of a t- use a calendar tool that you can share with a client. So yeah. you can set your boundaries in there, your time boundaries, but it's also like a God, it eliminates that back and forth of oh my can God. you do this day can, and that day. Can you talk at two? No, what about 2.45? Oh, I can't do 2.45. What about 3.15? Oh my God, just go to my link, put in a request. We will talk. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's on done. our calendars. Yep. Um, and I like your little Google Voice idea. And yeah, I think it's just like deciding where you want your boundaries to be and just start working towards tightening that up. Absolutely. 
Do you want to play a fun game? I love fun games. We're going to do a Kiss, Mary Kill Boundaries Edition. <laughs> it's been a minute. All right, Rebecca, Kiss, Mary or Kill, here are your options. Texting with your clients, working on weekends, or having to share a collaborative pin board with your clients. Definitely kill collaborative pin board. <laughs> that is like a live tracking device that I like <laughs> my um, rebel insides does not want someone knowing what I'm pinning, what I'm thinking. Also, that means it's public so other people can see what you're doing. Yeah. I guess it doesn't. And then they're going to see it and go, oh, what is she thinking? Why that? And then you're like, oh my God, you don't even have the full presentation yet. Calm down. Yeah. I'm just looking at like that little table lamp that's next to the sofa. Like I don't. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Kiss Mary. I'm just going to kiss texting with clients because like a little goes a long way and sometimes it just like is a little perk like it's a little <laughs> yeah <laughs> making this up but it just kind of can like get a little friendly contact but like keep it quick it's not I'm with like, that it's not a make out <laughs> okay <laughs> and mary working on weekends i I would rather like work shorter days during the week and work shorter days during the weekend and like just spread it out. Okay. I actually kind of agree. I, I agree with all three of those because I definitely am killing the pin boards. I hate that. I always have my own pin board for a client project that I can get to. And then clients can have their own. I just don't want to be invited to it, but it needs to be public so they can share the link with me. And then I actually tell clients once I'm entering concept stage that I will no longer be looking at their, their boards. I do not look at anything anymore. Uh, that's another part of my boundaries. I'm done looking at whatever you're pinning because now you're paying me to come up with ideas. I'm entering the concept stage where I'm building stuff now. I'm not going to keep looking back like 12 weeks later at something new in your pin board. So I'm going to kill pin boards. <laughs> Noted. I'm, I'm going to kiss texting because i do occasionally use it it has been really helpful where clients have like text me and said i'm gonna be late for our meeting i don't know if you want to reschedule or if there's something you can tackle before you get here and then i'll just see you when you're here i appreciate that common courtesy and there is an appropriate venue for texting so that's a kiss and then I'm going to marry working on weekends because I tend to feel a sense of relief if I do some work on weekends, even if it's not face-to-face work with clients. I know that I'm still going to log on, handle a couple things behind the scenes, uh, and I don't see that going away. Maybe, too, because during the weekdays, I will take time away from work hours to handle stuff in my household or like go grocery Mm -hmm. shopping when everybody else isn't at the store and I don't mind doing that I know other people are like oh don't do that that's your work time but I 
I don't mind a little bit of time on a weekend to do it if I need to. And I think more clear headed. Or working on like my brand stuff or like right now it's Saturday and we're recording this. So yeah, some things I don't think that'll ever go away. No, it's like the relaxed, like when you can just be relaxed and not have clients pinging you and deadlines. Exactly. Like my no contractors are working today, so I don't have to expect any calls from that. And I love that. Right. And our husbands don't mind doing their own thing too. Totally. We're, leaving, we're also leaving them alone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they are married to working on weekends also. <laughs> All right. We agree on something. Yeah. Just not emails. Oh, number of email notifications? (laughs) (laughs) No. There's two kinds of people. You are clearly camp a million notifications. Because if it's more than five, it might as well be a million to me. Only email. Everything else I don't like. Like Instagram, I never leave them. Marco Polo, I never leave them. Try to clear it out. Get it out of your head. Yeah. This is fun. I like this episode. I think it's, I think you should all feel empowered to set your limitations, set your boundaries and create a business that functions the way that you want it to. That makes sense with what your dream is and how you created this business for yourself. It's, it's not about pleasing everybody else all the time. And if you're like me and you're having some boundary issues, I would implore you to just look into why and do some more thinking around it. Like I'm doing um, just why is this hard for me or why am I resisting it? And is it a problem or not? Honestly, like some things I think are a problem in my side and some aren't completely. Yeah. Some of it, it might not be an issue for you to have clients texting you or you don't mind calling them on a weekend. If that's the case, great. But also know that can change over time as your family changes, as you start to become a one-room school teacher, as you (laughs) become a full-time caregiver, all that stuff. You have to approach those changes and talk about them with your clients so they understand how it's adapting and growing to stay current with yourself. So do it guys you got this definitely thanks rebecca thanks sean it's good chatting with you today catch you on the flip side all right bye bye thanks for joining this meeting of the hot young designers club podcast if you liked what you heard please subscribe and leave us a review on apple podcasts Check out the show notes there for links to things we talked about today. We are keeping the conversation going on Instagram, so don't forget to like, comment, and follow at Hot Young Designers Club. You can find Rebecca on Instagram at Studio Plum. And you can find Sean at Renstead Interiors. That's W-R-E-N-S-T-E-D. Forgot to think about him. <laughs> okay. Do you have yours? Um, I have a sizzle already here and then I had a couple fizzles I needed to pick between.
I, God, I don't even know. <laughs> Just take a second, then. 